Welcome to She Who Overcomes, the podcast where we equip women of all walks of life to be extraordinary leaders. I'm Mandy B. Anderson. And I'm Rachel Perman, and we are your hosts. We are the co-founders of Rayma Team, a life and leadership coaching company for women. Each week, we're going to have conversations about what we're overcoming, what we are learning, and what our guests are learning so that you can find the clarity and direction that you need to rise up, lead well, and live with intention. What you've overcome makes you a leader, no matter what your title is. So grab your coffee and let's talk about it. Hello, friends and overcomers. We are excited to be sitting here in our podcast studio, in your car, at your desk, wherever you are spending time with us today. We're just happy to have some coffee with you and be here. Yeah, absolutely. If you were listening to a podcast like I am, you might be getting ready in the morning. That's my favorite way to listen to podcasts. Me, mine too. It's probably the only time I really do is it, yeah. getting ready in the morning. It's like just part of my morning ritual. Well, I like to listen to it when I'm driving too sometimes, mm-hmm. um, if it's a really good one. Like I think having different lengths of episodes is important. Yes, I, I agree. like the long ones if they're a really good topic mm-hmm. and I'm enjoying the conversation. Other times, short ones are great too, but I kind of like to listen to them on repeat. Okay. So, you know. <laughs> There's some information you just needed from us today, right? Right. So, that's oh. a tip, a podcast <laughs> tip. All right. Today, so we're going to talk about something that we are currently overcoming. Mm-hmm. And it's not even currently. I think it's kind of funny that the ongoing. words right, are currently overcoming. We are talking about mental health. And for both Mandy and I, this has been an overcoming in the past. It is an overcoming in the present and will probably be an overcoming in the future. So that's what we're going to be talking about today because some things have changed um, recently. And Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, mental health has maybe changed recently or things have happened that you're like, it wasn't always like this. Right. (laughs) Well, We want to talk about it and have a candid conversation about that. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, the world, our country, at least here in the United States, I don't know what it's like for our listeners overseas, but in the United States, we do have a mental health crisis. We do. Like, it's a thing. Yep. And I, when I took my kiddos to their, like, you know, annual visit with the doctor or whatever, just to get their, like, wellness checkup, she was saying, because our, our oldest has some mental health issues, and she was saying, like, the amount of children that mm-hmm. she's seeing at, like, my oldest is, you know, 15, and that age group and even younger coming in with clinical levels of depression and anxiety is, like astronomical compared Mm -hmm. to even two years ago or even a year ago. Yeah. So I think it's important before we even dive into the conversation to let our listeners know that, first of all, as certified life coaches and leadership coaches, we are not qualified to help anybody in the area of anxiety and depression when it comes to um, like if they need therapy or if they need medication. That is not our area of expertise. You need to work with a counselor or a therapist or a psychologist for that. Mm -hmm. But because it is something that we deal with um, in our own personal lives, I think it's an important conversation that we can share with you about how we are rising up, leading through it, um, creating margin in our life to take care of ourselves when our mental health is is more of a challenge. Right. Absolutely. Like, I think that's important, right? Yep. We and I'm glad that we're able to talk about it because for so long it's been such a stigma. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it still is maybe in some areas, but I do think there's kind of a tide that's turning mm-hmm. um, when it comes to mental health. And I mean, right now, if we're going to be in an epidemic, we need to start talking about it because um, it, it can have some serious consequences if we don't talk about it or if we don't um, open up lines of communication between family members or friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. We can have some really dire consequences. And that's not what we want. So right. part of opening up this conversation is just, you know, giving you permission to also be like, oh, wait, I have that too. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, if they can work on overcoming it and it's not stopping them from doing everything they want to do with their lives, I can too. And mm-hmm. I can, you know, we're hoping you can glean some wisdom from our stories and use some of the coping skills that we've used and and suggest but like mandy said if you are listening to this and you're like hmm, that kind of sounds like me please talk to your doctor please mm-hmm. find a counselor i know wait lists are long but it's super important for you to reach out and find the help that you need it is and i think there was oh gosh there was a statistic and i don't have it with me because i left my phone in the other room um but there was a, a statistic about how even employees are struggling with mental health because they're working from home, Mm -hmm. which sounds great, except for the fact that many of them, if their offices have not brought them all back to the office and they're still working remotely, there's no separation between home and work. And so that makes it a challenge in ways that they never had before. And so the thing about like what we do as coaches and life and leadership coaches is the skills that we share with people just on a daily basis for leadership skills can definitely help. So if you are dealing with mental health or all of a sudden it comes up and you've never dealt with it before, if you've been implementing personal growth and leadership skills, you're better able to handle it. Mm-hmm. Like you're better equipped to handle it, but you still might need that that counseling help right. or that therapy help. Like right. the two together can work beautifully But there definitely are times in life, I think, where you need to lean on an expert in the mental health field Yes, for your own mental health. Well, and depression and anxiety are just two of the ones we're going to mention, but Mm -hmm. those are on a sliding scale. Right. So you can go from anywhere to like, you know, low end of the scale to high Mm -hmm. end of the scale. And you won't know that just by listening to Mandy and I today. That is definitely something you have to get checked out. It's a pretty easy I don't even know what 10 questions that they ask yeah. you. And um, it's super simple to kind of just figure out where you're at on that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's kind of just the starting point to see mm-hmm. where you're at. And you can get that as a counselor or at a doctor's office. Yeah, yep. Absolutely. So um, we're going to dive into those 10 questions. Yes. I have because it kind of brings into what I talked to with my counselor. Like okay. I basically do you remember what the, I, I never do, remember I what don't the remember questions are. what the questions are exactly, sort of. But I do remember the conversation that I recently had with my counselor. But before we dive into that, um, I was talking with my counselor one day about like OCD and anxiety. And this was probably about six months ago, maybe even a year ago. Mm -hmm. What she told me was that OCD is actually like the highest level of an anxiety disorder, Mm -hmm. which that was news to me. Makes sense because when I am dealing with things, I get super OCD and I think it is something that I have noticed, you know, within certain family members growing mm-hmm. up. And and it's just fascinating to know that, oh, that's an anxiety thing. And for instance, every October, like from the middle of September to about October 12th, 
I am triggered from our apartment fire over a decade ago. Right. And I get very OCD. Like I need to double check the locks several times in a row to make sure it's locked, which I don't know why. Like, like locking the door is going to help a fire. <laughs> but, but I just need to double check sure that things are safe. Make sure the fire doesn't safe. get out. Right. That's, I think that's it yeah, more than anything. It's more that safety mechanism. Right. And even if I watched my husband do something, if I didn't feel it myself, it's like I need that, that verification in my brain mm-hmm. that it got done. It happens at the office, too. It does. Yes, it happens Because at the I office. have to let you, even if you see me lock the door, I still have you to go, go check back it. and have to yep. check it. It, and I know this. We know. We this. all know this. We, this could be. We should have had a friendship clause at the beginning of this. Like, no friendships are broken in, the, in during this conversation because I mean, when it comes to grief. our corks, when we're triggered, <laughs> it go the it goes both ways. I don't know if we'd have signed it knowing what we might probably we not have to deal with. <laughs> I mean, grief. Oh, okay, so let's talk about surprise. This, right? <laughs> so let's talk about this the this question sheet. Okay. okay. Because um, uh, you took yours with your counselor. I went to well, my medical doctor. Yeah, and my took medi- it, I think they're the pretty close they, to the same. It's not the exact same. I think it's a standard thing mm-hmm. that they do because yep. every CF day appointment that I have is the same one. Is yeah. the same one. Yep. And it's funny because um, I was kind of triggered from a whole bunch of different things. I've had a death in the family this year. Um, I was also in the hospital for a CF-related tune-up. And if you're a new listener and you're like, what is CF? I have cystic fibrosis. So um, I was in the hospital earlier this year, and I had some major complications with my PICC line. It was not a fun experience Mm -hmm. once I got home. Like, the hospital was great. But once I got home, the PICC line experience was kind of treacherous, and I'd never gone through that before. And I think that's the moment when... I actually got triggered for depression. I know it's the moment I got triggered for anxiety, yeah. but I think it is also the moment I got triggered for depression because um, I had the TED Talk to mm-hmm. prepare for. I had my book launched to prepare for. We had a new puppy. I had a lot of things that were distracting me yep. from noticing it. And just over the last, like, the last session that I had with my counselor about a month ago, I asked her, I'm wondering if I don't have a minor depression because I said I'm noticing symptoms like I'm I'm just tired. Mm-hmm. Like I look forward to crawling into bed at night. <laughs> I look forward to like sleeping longer or just staying in bed and reading my fiction books. Mm-hmm. I don't want to read any nonfiction books because my I don't want to get inspired to think outside of just fiction. Mm-hmm. And also I I told her I'm I'm kind of experiencing this feeling of like Eh, now what? Like, I'm not excited to wake up in the morning. It's not that I don't want to or like I don't feel like I can. I'm right. just not excited about mm-hmm. it. I'm not excited to write down goals, which for me, that's a huge Because that's literally thing. been since August. Yeah, it's been since August. That you felt like that. Yeah. And so I said to her, do you think I have a minor, like, do you think I have depression again? And this is when she pulled out that list of questions. She's like, can I just ask the questions? I'm like, sure. And the funny thing about it is like three weeks before this, my medical team had asked me these mm-hmm. questions because they do it at everything. And I just put zero at all the things. But as I really started to, like, it was hard for me to even answer them because they kind of want it to be like a yes or no thing. But for me, it was like, well, sometimes and kind of. Mm-hmm. And it's things like, you know, have do you feel hopeless? Right. Do you get excited about things? Like, I don't, I don't even remember the full list. It's right. basic questions. Like, it's not 
it's not anything crazy, but no. it's it's just basic daily questions. And so basically, my counselor said I I have a mild depression, and it could be related to like seasonal anxiety disorder and depression or whatever that sad, sad is. Yes, because I do get that seasonal affective affected. Seasonal, I don't know. I don't remember what it stands for. But the A is not anxiety, but I can't remember what it is. But it you guys know, be. like, like, yeah, I feel so like it should be seasonal sadness. Like, it should right. be the sadness disorder. Like, it's yeah. the one where if you don't, if you live in climates, yeah, and you where you don't get enough, get enough sun. sunshine and vitamin D, we all get sad for like right. six months, which just I do. Because of that. And my husband yep. has experienced yep. that too. So, anyway, turns out I'm mildly depressed, and I am owning it. <laughs> Like I am just going around. I I tell my husband sometimes like it's a hard day because I'm mildly depressed. And for some of you listeners who are very much like just get over it, hurry up and get over it. That sentence and the fact that I am a coach and I help people with their mindset is going to rub you the wrong way. Oh, for sure. They're probably like, wait, what? Right. (laughs) And I understand like I am not owning it to the point where I am just always speaking it out into existence, but I am owning it to the point to remind myself that, hey, give myself a little bit more grace. Mm hmm. Because it is a season. Yep. It's not It's not a label. It is not my forever. But it is a season that I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. And I am going to own it so that I don't burn myself out even more. Right. That's right. mostly Well, what. and part of it, too, is you can quickly go from mild into not mild by right? ignoring it and pretending yes. like it doesn't exist or that you're fine. Or you can just pick yourself up by your bootstraps or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And there are certain very mild cases of depression that it is... You know, some good coping skills, some exercise, some sunshine, some good nutrition. You can get yourself out of it. But there's also there's also some other (laughs) where it's not like right. And you need to have you need to have a little bit of both. Like, I think there's grace for Mm -hmm. when it's mild grace for when it's clinical. Just grace, grace all over when it comes to the mental health things, because, yeah, it's seasonal, but you don't know how long the season's. No, you don't. And you don't know if it's going to come back more than once. You don't know mm-hmm. if it's going to be something, you know, that's triggered again in the future. And so the more you can learn every time you go through it, I think yeah. it's easier. And I think, too, like one of the symptoms for me is having a hard time focusing or having a hard time making decisions. Mm-hmm. And it's not to the level that it was like in 2012. I literally was having a nervous breakdown when I was so sick and almost dying. Right. Like that was like I couldn't even like I would cry. That was beyond clinical. That levels. was beyond. That clinical. was like she almost was, needed a padded room. And we're it, not for any of you who are listening. Like this isn't funny, but okay, listen. But we laugh. Because, we have to laugh because if not, we'd have ulcers. But also, also because this is our life, right? To live so through it to, was kind of comical. We have to, guys. So we're not doing it. To we're be not rude. Yeah. We don't want to offend anybody. But literally, humor. And seriously, if you're somebody who deals with mental health or trauma, you got to find the humor in it. This is why we're funny. We're funny because of the pain and the mental health right? and all of the things like, hello, this is <laughs> well. And back then, like, first of all, that was the first time I had ever gone through depression and anxiety and mm-hmm. PTSD, like all of it. I didn't know what I was dealing with. But um, I mean, I would literally cry trying to figure out what to wear or eat. Right. I'm not there. That's no. not the level I'm no. at. It's more like, OK, I have used up all my mental energy today and I can't focus anymore. Mm-hmm. And now I just need to give myself time to rest and relax. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so that's good. But at the same time, I think anybody who struggles with any type of chronic illness needs to come to terms with the fact that there may come a day where medical intervention is needed for depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And this is a conversation I have had with my doctors on my CF team because CF patients 
deal with this a lot, right. a lot more than I was ever like told about growing up. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's just because we're learning more and more about it. Right. I don't know if they even talked about it as much. I don't in, think like, they did. Like the 80s and no. you know, early 90s when you were growing up. I don't remember these kind of conversations happening when I was a kid. It was mostly like that, like, oh my, you know, like hushed tones and whispers about like the crazy person or, you know, whatever in the family and we don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's what I remember as a kid or conversations like that. So I would assume even in the medical community that you grew up in, that still wasn't happening. No, it really wasn't. And I think it's just something now that they're like, oh yeah, by the way. By the way. (laughs) And looking back, it probably did like, I think... Anytime there is a medical procedure, I'm going to have high anxiety over it. Mm -hmm. And then depression seems to be cyclical as far as if there was a death in the family, if there was a loss or an ending of something, those are typically the reasons why I experience some depression. Mm -hmm. Seasonal changes can be it too, but this is more than just sad, I think. Right. Well, and it's it's kind of compounded. Yeah. Which always makes it a little bit different. So, What about you, (laughs) Betty? Well, well, I've shared my deep dark secrets. I mean, we could do quite a few podcasts on all we the don't things need to I've share been all diagnosed the things, with. But... Um, but if you are new to listening to this, so I have quite a few. <laughs> Yay! I have lots of mental health diagnoses. So, um, I have I've been diagnosed with PTSD, um, and it would probably be best described as the CPTSD because <clears throat> it wasn't a one off event Mm -hmm. which is generally like your fire um that you had where you get ptsd from from one thing happening um i also have depression and anxiety i've had them for gosh a really long time um and then i have um nerve pain which they still have not been able to figure out completely Mm -hmm. yet so i deal with chronic pain like literally every day which i'm glad that you brought up the fact that like anybody who's dealing with health issues this is sometimes a part of it. Like, it is. We don't talk about it, but the idea that mm-hmm. you live your life every day either in pain or with like an expiration date over your head, like you guys yeah. do, and like the fact that you have to work so hard to just be alive every single day and function, mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta know that that wears at your mental health and it wears it at like how your your brain is able to. Um, is able to think and get through the day. So for me, I've got a lot of it <laughs> and figuring out how to navigate that. Now, there are seasons where I've been on medication. There are seasons where I haven't been on medication. There are seasons where I'm seeing like a clinical therapist for things like EMDR, mm-hmm. um, which is like a really intense form of trying to to help with some of the symptoms of the PTSD or I'm just going to talk therapy or I'm doing something more like a support group. Like it kind of just depends on where I'm at um, in my life. And Mm -hmm. so, gosh, I was trying to think when you were talking, when I went back to the doctor and said, I need to get on something for like the depression and anxiety end of summer. I feel like middle of summer, maybe. Was it that that seems sooner? I thought it maybe it was spring. It was this year. I, it was this year. So, like, within the last six months. Yeah. Um, I, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so, I generally, my trigger seasons sound really long. Josh is like, is there a trigger not season? Because I'm starting to feel like there's something every month. And I'm like, yep, feels like that, doesn't it? Um, so, mine generally start around springtime. So, I'm guessing it had to have been either late spring or early summer that I called the doctor. It was like... 
I think I'm it was having late a spring. problem. <laughs> like, like I can't, you know, mm-hmm. it was just a lot. There was a lot of depression symptoms. Um, my anxiety and PTSD kind of just mesh yep. together. Um, so it's hard to tell which one is higher or which one is, you know, being affected she or whatever. She the truth over Like, covers. for real. Like, yeah, it's hard to tell. Like, my, my PTSD has anxiety and my anxiety has PTSD and they're just really good friends. And so... <laughs> that's a good way to put it. It's just, that's how, that's how I live my life. Um, but I called the doctor and I actually had to then find a new primary doctor, which is a great deal of fun for that's, anybody yeah, that has health issues or mental health issues when they're like, I just need to get on a prescription and now I have to find a new doctor. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, so I did go in. I did the, the test. Uh, <laughs> pretty sure I couldn't answer zeros on all of mine this time around. But I also knew I was going in specifically for mm-hmm. that. And I have given my kids this advice to um, don't try to lie your way out of that like the point is yes. to be there for help so don't mm-hmm. like don't exaggerate the numbers just put down what the truth is like it's best if everybody just knows right away what we're dealing with and so that's what i did and i don't even remember what the number was i'm not even sure i heard what it was um and my problem has been in the past that i have a really like the normal medications that they put you on for depression and anxiety i think they're the ssris um, they don't work for me super great. And so um, that was one of the things that that came up was like, he asked what I've been on in the past and how I've like, have they worked for me? And I'm like, no, not really. Like, I've never really had a mm-hmm. ton of symptom relief with them. And so we did try something brand new that I had never tried before. And then one of the things he said to me, because then he started talking about, you know, the PTSD and some of the other things. And what have I done for that? Did I've, I, have I ever been on anything for the panic attacks? And I said, no. And he just kind of looks at me and he goes, you know, you don't have to live your life this way. Mm. And I was like, and I just probably just blinked because, I, you know, I was pretty much a shell person. Mm-hmm. Like, it was pretty bad. Um, and that kind of opened up everything mm-hmm. for me that day because it was the first time that I had somebody offer me something for the panic attacks because I've done everything I can do up to this point. Like I've right. done the EMDR. I am doing the 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 talk therapy and all of that. But there are just certain things that it feels like my brain isn't like this is as far as the healing is going to go. Um and because of that, there are some scars and some wounds in there. Like mm-hmm. if you could see them, that that sometimes require medical intervention. And so it was the first time somebody had offered me something and um I was all for the depression med because I knew I needed it. Um, I was grateful for what he gave me for the um, for the PTSD and the panic attacks. Um, but that one, I had such a hard time taking. So it was Xanax. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, it worked so great the first time that I was like, how come nobody's ever offered me this before? And then, like, a week into taking it, and part of it was I took a lot right away in the beginning until my depression med mm-hmm. kicked in a little bit more to just kind of help me function until everything was was regulating. Um, and then I started feeling that stigma of, you're taking Xanax. Like, mm. shouldn't you be further along than this? Like, yeah. It Ooh. was a lot. And so, yeah, yeah. So I'm unpacking a lot of things with my counselor right now because I was like, I'm okay with a depression med, but I'm not okay with Xanax. Like, what is that about? Like, right. Like, what kind of stigma is that? That because, and now I'm at the point where I probably take, I take a half of what my actual diagnosis, my 
pill is because I don't need the whole thing because then I nap for like five hours mm-hmm. and then and I don't need to nap. I just need to like get through the next however long. Um, and I probably take it maybe once every three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it, it's so weird how your mind plays tricks on you like that. And well, that's one of the things that has really come up quite a bit with my counselor is a first of all that I'm okay with the fact mm-hmm. that. I am needing medication right now. And when it comes to depression meds, Manny and I have said this, and I've said this with my husband and my other family, I have to stay on depression meds. This is not a seasonal thing for me. It's mm-hmm. seasonal that I go off of them thinking I'm fine. Mm. And that's not that's not healthy. And yeah. so the Xanax, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, when he said that to me, I do, re- I do tell myself that again, anytime I right. have to take it. And I mean, in all transparency, I had to take it yesterday to get mm-hmm. out of bed. And that's usually... When I know something's going on, I wake up in panic mm. um, and it doesn't have to be correlated to a nightmare anymore. It used to be, but now it's not. Right. And I will wake up with that adrenaline rush like I could move a car immediately on getting Which out of bed. Which wears you out. Oh, my word. Yeah. Then that- I'm exhausted because what happens then is I get all the kids to school and then like... You know, which is probably about an hour or so mm-hmm. that I'm awake and that I have to nap for an hour and a half to feel like I can get to work. Mm-hmm. That is my first sign that I needed to take a Xanax. Sometimes mm-hmm. I forget that that's the first sign. And, and I'm like, it's 1030. It's like 945 and I'm supposed to be at work in 15 minutes. And I don't I can't I can't, um, which is kind mm-hmm. of what happened yesterday. Right. And but that's what happens. And yeah. it it wears you out so badly. And I'm like, you know what? I have to remember mm-hmm. That this is what it takes for me to function at my very best as a mom, as a business owner, as a wife. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the things that my counselor and I are talking about right now is letting people know <laughs> yeah. when my chronic pain is high because I get used to it. Mm-hmm. However, chronic pain when it's over the limit of what I have to take for my, um, for my, what's that called? Not the thing itself, but the, um, the- medication that I have to take for the pain. Pain medication, that's what I'm th- thinking of. When it's over what that threshold is, mm-hmm. I can get super cranky. I cannot focus. I'm super irritable. I can't remember mm-hmm. anything. And then my pain is high. Like I'm I'm hurting. Like and my my hands hurt and my feet hurt and my arms hurt. And like it's a dull, achy hurt, or it's a stabbing hurt, or it's like, you know, all of these things. And so that was my that is literally my homework right now is mm-hmm. to tell Mandy and to tell my husband every day where my pain level is at. And that's a part of me practicing being okay with the mm-hmm. fact that these are the things that I'm dealing with and the cards that I have been dealt. And no, I didn't ask for it, but I want to learn how to live with it and mm-hmm. overcome with it and all of that stuff because it all ties together for me. Well, and I think it's such a like you're bringing up such great points because first of all, when we think about mental health and we think about like how do we lead and create margin for self-care when mental health needs to be a priority like mm-hmm. i'm sitting here thinking about all the people who have way more flexibility now because of the pandemic and working from home right. or the option to work from home on certain days right and as leaders and and women who are even just helping their friends mm-hmm. Like one of the things, this whole idea of, oh, it's 15 minutes from now, I have to be at the office and I, I'm not even like <laughs> I'm still in my jammies. Yeah. Like the thing to know about that is, first of all, we lead ourselves, both Rachel and I, with our mental health, where if we have days where we have to be somewhere at a certain time, 
we make sure that that is our focus Mm -hmm. that morning and that we have all of the things in place that we need to so we can follow through on that. And I'm very proud of us. We have never had to like cancel a speaking engagement or a coaching session or like a a meeting for that reason or an interview for that reason. However, we might have to rearrange the rest of our day to work from home after we nap. Mm-hmm. That literally happened like last that, week. Yeah, yep. that literally happens sometimes because of our health. Mm-hmm. And so that's the whole thing of like with our, um, you know, with the spoon theory mm-hmm. of like how much energy do you have? That's how you do it. Like you rearrange your life as needed. You come up with the best plan possible and then you have a plan B, C, D, and E right. <laughs> for the days where you maybe aren't feeling your best. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of it. But one of the things, but I think this whole idea of telling people, like if we were going to give you guys tips in this episode, that would probably be the first one is mm-hmm. to tell people what you're going through. And not that you have to tell your entire staff or your entire team or everybody in your family or or all the people on the face of the planet. Like right. some people are really an open book and others are not. And that's fine. Like whoever you need to tell as your accountability, mm-hmm. do that. Because we, Rachel and I do that for each other. Right. Um, and well, we're certainly, I'm certainly not on social media telling you guys every day right. what my pain level is at. Although you are sharing your life on Instagram way more than you ever have before. There have been seasons where I do it better than others, but it's definitely something that I've been called yeah. back to doing because... Um, and I think it goes into that whole idea of I was kind of having a hard time being on the medication. It's not an easy story to share. I kind of right. wish I had a different one sometimes than yep. the stories that I do have and and where I'm at and how I got here with trauma and, you know, all of the things. But, like, it's still my story. And mm-hmm. there are so many people with the same, um, not necessarily the same story, but dealing with the same kind of outcomes. Right. Like, the same kind of consequences mm-hmm. to things that you didn't ask for, choices that you didn't make, yep. um, things you were born with, and... Uh, yeah, so you're going to probably see me talking about it more again on social media because I have been like, oh, gosh, that is my people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Whether I, I like it or not, this is what it is. Like chronic pain, mental health. That, that's it. That's yeah. what, that's what but I'm But look at you owning about. it. Like uh, we have a we have a coaching client where we talked about this at a at a group coaching day mm-hmm. about how once she starts telling her story of what she is personally going through with yep. her health, like those are her people, the people going through the same thing. Yep. And that's the thing. Like we didn't ask to have influence over this sector of people. No. Well, it's kind of like you. You've gone through this with the CF thing too. Yep. Even though you were born with it, it yeah. literally took you three decades. If it not took more to like maybe it was a little more than three. I decades? think it took me almost. It took me three and a half decades to like embrace the fact that these are not just want to encourage these people, but embrace the fact that these are my people and I'm one of them. Right, right. It's not just the audience I speak to. I am literally a part of right? the audience. Like, right, not like past tense. Like, right. Currently, these are my people. They currently, will always be they my will people. always be my people because this is in my DNA and this mm-hmm. is how I was born. And I think this stigma of medication and mental health. Like, I know that, okay, also for all the people who are into only holistic, this is probably rubbing you the wrong way right now. <laughs> There's a lot of things There's we're saying that are making things, somebody mad. Which is great, because <laughs> I think when things are rubbing you the wrong way, that shows there's an area of growth for your mindset. Not that you have to become that or, like, agree with it, but there's definitely an area of growing in how you how you see it. How, how you see or it. Or how you judge other people for yes. it. Yes. Ooh, that's good. 
So, okay, for the people that are like, oh, but medication for depression and anxiety is bad. Like, I've been there. I've been those people where mm-hmm. it's like, I remember what it felt like to sit on my hallway floor right. in 2012 holding a Xanax and a Zoloft <laughs> right. and thinking, what is going to, ha- what does this mean right. when I swallow it? Yep. Right? Like, yep. and it was because of the fact that we, I mean, both Rachel and I grew up in this faith world of, like, I don't know, almost like if you are healthy with medicine, it's not good enough. So pray for healing. Right. Or you're not praying hard enough if it's not right? working or, you know, like what happened to you? Like, yeah. And I how be- it's your fault. Right. Like, and no matter which angle, it's your fault. It's that your it's fault. Like so you this. need to do it better. And yes. but don't do it with pills. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, med- like. <laughs> But also, don't do it even with holistically. Because if you grew up in a faith community, right, doing things that were from like the eastern side of you know eastern medicine Medicine, wasn't good either. Because oh no, oh my! But Western medicine wasn't good either. You were left with nothing. And I don't think that anybody ever actually like said that it. Nobody, some people some did. people did yes yes <laughs> depending Please, on where, where overcomers if you are the one where you you are selling something holistically and you hear somebody with a diagnosis do not be the person who's like hey i just wanted you to know this build a relationship with them first Lord before you heaven. ever share Plus, that they like, probably Please. already know or have tried it i know or it really if doesn't I could actually tell you fix it the amount of times that i get unsolicited medical advice from people who want to sell me their stuff and guess what i sell stuff <laughs> I take juice yeah, plus. Yeah, by the way, guys. I take juice plus and I sell juice plus. I, I that is not a good marketing. Like just don't do it. Right. Like you have no idea what people are going through and if you say if you say it in a nice way that's one thing, but I once had somebody who they will just read a post about cystic fibrosis or emotional health or mental health. Just reading a post on Facebook, okay? Mm-hmm. They don't know me. We've never talked. They read a post on Facebook. I will get a message in my like direct message on Instagram or a, or a messenger message on Facebook with this whole long spiel about how they read my post and this can help me. And I will lovingly give them some hard love, like tough love, where (laughs) I will say, thank you. I appreciate that. But also please know CF is never going away. Mm -hmm. I am happy with what I have. Yep. Like I am happy with the plan that I have. Good luck to you. Right. I've had somebody block me <laughs> because I said that. I mean, you were gracious not to block them in the first place. Right? And I was just like, are you kidding me? Anyway, so if that is you, please know there's forgiveness for you <laughs> and we will give you grace. But stop doing it. Like, just don't do it anymore. Right. But also, like, I think that this idea of, oh, my gosh, medication is so bad. Like, that is very damaging. Right. Right. And, and that's partly why we're in a mental health crisis, too. Exactly. We don't do this for physical health things. You would never tell a diabetic that they shouldn't have their insulin. You oh, wouldn't... some people would. Oh, that's probably true. Let's be but real. Like... <laughs> some people might. Oh, you guys. Grace. I mean, Remember what I said in the beginning, yes. guys? Grace. Like, we've got to give people, we've got to give people grace. the benefit of the doubt that they have a medical plan in place, that they actually have the things they say that they have. Yes. And we do not have to have them prove it to us or, you know, split their wounds wide open. How to, on like, earth did we get on this tangent? I have no idea. I'm not even sure where we started or how we But got. it's a good one. <laughs> I mean, I think it needs to be said because the stigma that medication for mental health, like, my, I have somebody on my medical team where we had a conversation this spring about how 
there may come a day where I need to be on some sort of medication for depression and anxiety for CF. Mm -hmm. Like wrapping my brain around the fact that that might happen one day. She's not saying it will, definitely. She's not saying we're there now. But just saying, wrap your mind around the fact that someday it might. Because as people get older with CF, it seems to be a thing, Mm -hmm. right? So for me, like part of the tip was to tell, tell somebody. Right. What your plan is, what you're going through so that you have that safety net at work and at home. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's really important to have somebody at work that you somebody can talk to. Somebody needs to know. Yeah, for about sure. What because especially through. if you're going through things like we have where there's right. brain fog and there's forgetfulness, yep. like your job can be affected it by it. And if you are one of those people who doesn't own your company. Right. Um, They might not have grace they might for not. that. They might not know that there's something Right. They on. might just think, oh, we can't yeah, rely on them. Yeah, what's the matter with but them? But if you come up with a plan and say, here's mm-hmm. what I'm dealing with. This is my plan. Here's here's how I would like us to handle it. Can I get your input? What's doable here and what's not? Mm-hmm. Like have a have a grown-up conversation about that because right. it's important. Right. I have gone into every single job where I let them know right off the bat, hey, I have CF. Sometimes I'm in the hospital for two weeks. Usually it's every like three to four years, but sometimes I can't control it. Right. You need to know that before you look at hiring me. Like in the right. past when I didn't own a company, I would do that. Mm-hmm. And I have always had good success with that. Not everybody does. Right. Um, so I know that's not everybody's situation, but find somebody that you can talk to and mm-hmm. tell them. But also like tell them. So part of my telling Rachel things is we already have a plan that by my birthday. Right. Like if I get to my birthday in December and this isn't better, I will have to have a conversation about some medical intervention mm-hmm. for depression. Like the anxiety after that, it's not cute. After that, it's (laughs) funny. Then I won't own it. (laughs) It will no longer be mild. Like this is how our friendship does not turn codependent, guys. Right? Is dates like this? It is. When are you going to call a counselor? When are you going to call the doctor? (laughs) When are you going to deal? with I'm going to let you sit in this for the next two months, and by then we're going to deal with it. You have six months to to (laughs) milk this for all it's worth, and then after that. This is how we live our friendship. It's been years (laughs) and that's what we do. So I think the first tip, if you want to get something from this, like if you're still listening, thank you, because we have been yammering on for quite a while. I know. I'm like, are we going to get to the other ones before I have to leave to get Claire? Okay. The (laughs) other thing that we are, oh my gosh, we are. I know. It's too, it's, it's time. It is time. The other thing is if you're struggling with feeling burnt out and you're sitting there craving a peaceful life and you're wondering like, my mental health is being affected right now. Like embracing a mindset of rest first and accomplish second might be what you need to do for a season. And mm-hmm. yes, it's going to be hard. It's going to be awkward, but it's necessary. So that's that's the trick with it is you focus on what's necessary only. This is the homework that my counselor gave me. Rest right. first, accomplish Which second. Which is great homework because you and I have literally been taking things off of the list that right? we thought were necessary. And it got weird for a second. We were like, we don't have anything to do. Turns out when we focused on the things that were necessary, mm-hmm. there was plenty to do in the time frame we actually had with the energy yes. that we had. Miracle of all miracles. Turns out it works. Huh? Yep. Okay. <laughs> write this down, overcomers. It is okay to table things to another date and time if they are not time sensitive. Mm-hmm. That is a-okay. It is okay to tell your audience Hey, guess what? We were going to do this, but now we're not because we realize we need to move it back. We're not quite ready for it. Like if you like it is okay to change your mind and change some stuff around so that your mental health 
is is protected. Mm-hmm. And so that you have time for self-care. Right. You guys would probably be shocked at the things we took off oh, the table. Oh, completely. <laughs> You'd be shocked at the things we put on the table. In the right, first probably. Like, Here's a harebrained idea. <laughs> what about this? It worked a million years ago. Why here's, not now? Here's one way to know if Rachel and Mandy are dealing with some things. We add way more stuff to the task list than right? is ever humanly oh, possible to accomplish. Okay, so the last tip I think I want to give people is a funny one. Um, you wouldn't think about it, but it's actually quite helpful, and that is to sing. I love this tip. I love it, too. And there's an actual reason. Like, there is an actual reason. It's not reason. just because you love to sing and you're a singer. No, it's... Okay, so um, if you've ever gone to a chiropractor who also does kinesiology, you might have heard this, but there's this there's this nerve in your body called the vagus nerve. It's not your party nerve. It's, <laughs> it's like an actual nerve. The vagus nerve and singing actually helps keep it in check. And when your vagus nerve is out, which I go to the chiropractor this week, actually, and I'm super excited about it because she I do. puts this in. Yep, I do next week. Uh, she I, does the same thing for it, me too. I'm certain it's out because that's probably affecting it. But here's what happens when your vagus nerve is out. It actually affects your mental health and makes anxiety worse. Mm-hmm. So singing is a way to keep your vagus nerve in check. That's awesome. And I think sometimes we forget, you know, we've talked a lot about medication, but we also use all kinds of things to make sure that we can cope well with what we're dealing with. Like, we're not just relying only on one thing. Like, I have to get to the chiropractor. I have got to get to the massage therapist who does special stuff with my nerves and the Mm -hmm. pain and all of that stuff. Like, I could not do it all without all of them. Like, you need to figure out what your coping skills are outside of just only medication or just only this like it usually takes more than one thing it does like i am also like running again and working out some more and the days where i do that i feel much better yep i'm back in yoga yep. i'm building up strength so i haven't gotten okay, but, much more than that but. okay but singing think about this rachel i sang all the time growing up right this is probably why i never struggled with anxiety and depression growing up i was constantly singing that makes all the a time. lot of sense so i don't know why or what it means, but I have been listening to, I have a 90s workout playlist on my phone right now, and it is all Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, Gloria Estefan, and a couple Paula Abdul songs. Right. It's all the fast ones, and I am telling you, I am loving <laughs> the early 90s, like Mariah Carey's first two albums, Mariah Carey and Emotions. Those are the ones I'm living in lately. Right. And my little heart, like, I don't know, I was, what, a fourth grader when this happened? <laughs> and I am just so stinking. I- I'm in my own little world giving myself a concert when I listen to that. Right. That's what I'm living on. It's awesome. I love this tip. So. I, it's my favorite. So I'm going to end with that Kay. for the mental. That's that's all that's I got to say about mental health. Because sing Mariah Carey, hit those high notes, even if you can't. Like, right? go for nobody, it. Nobody cares. Nobody you're cares. Sing in your car. Do it. Sing wherever you are. Sing while you're getting ready. Turn this podcast off right now and go listen to those play, those play that playlist. Right. Like, at the end of it. Because you're not going to want to miss what Rachel's about to share, actually. Am I supposed to share this part? Yeah, we're done. Oh, okay. With the topic. <laughs> I mean, for today. for today. I'm sure we will probably bring up mental we have health. One more to record. Oh my word! I'm going to be late picking up my kid for school. No, you're not. Okay, we're, we're going to be fine. We're so fine. fast, guys. You, you're going to be amazed next week <laughs> when you hear it. Okay, so all right, ladies, we want to invite you to our most requested virtual retreat of the year. If you didn't know, 2021 is almost over. I can't believe that. Ugh, good grief, right? But. The best news is that our fourth annual Life and Business Plan virtual retreat is going to be happening on December 10th and 11th, and registration is open right now. 
So here is what we need to remember. A woman with a vision for her life is unstoppable. And the 2022 Life and Business Plan Virtual Retreat is your chance to make sure that you are focused and ready for anything that comes your way in 2022. Okay, so here's all the details that you need. Early bird registration opens up November 10th through November 30th, and that's $97. If you are past that date, we do have regular registration open December 1st through the 8th, and that one's going to be $127. Now, you're going to get access to an online retreat community right on our website, so it's all private, not on social media. You get a PDF workbook and access to the recordings of all of the sessions for 90 days. Now, this retreat is actually valued at $2,964. So you guys are getting the best deal ever. So I want you to get all the details and grab your spot. Where are they supposed to go, Mandy? They're supposed to go to raymateam.com or you can click on the link that are showing up in your show notes wherever you're listening to this podcast. So that was a lot that we crammed in. So come to the, <laughs> come to the retreat, um, take care of your mental health, and more than anything, make the decision to rise up and lead well this week. And we will talk to you again next week with a brand new topic, hot coffee, ready to go. See you later. Hey guys, thanks again for listening. Before you go, would you mind doing us a favor? We would love to hear your takeaways. So please leave us a review and a comment. You might just hear your name in a future episode when you do. This show is produced by Rayma Team Media, a division of Rayma Team LLC. If you'd like to learn more about how you can work with us, visit raymateam.com. That's www.raymateam.com. All right, our coffee is cold, so we gotta go. See you next week.